I'm Kate Northrup. And I'm Mike Watts. And we're partners in life, love, and business. Welcome to the Kate and Mike Show, where we share insights and interviews on entrepreneurship, relationships, parenting, self-actualization, and making a life, not just a living. Hi, welcome back to the Kate and Mike Show. It is Mike. And this is obviously Kate. So it's been a little while since we've recorded. We've been gallivanting around the country with our baby, which is freaking hard. You know, at some point we should probably record an episode about traveling with a baby and just tips. Don't that do it. We, yes. Basically, our <laughs> biggest tip is don't. But if you must, we can share some tips that we've learned. And then I would love to just kind of like get in that conversation because I bet other people have great tips too. So I'm just going to write that down. Yeah. If you have any great tips now, you don't have to wait until the episode comes out. But just how traveling with a baby, what is your tips? We'd love to hear them. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Anyway, so we were doing that and I did a talk at Wanderlust Hollywood, which will be available at some point, I believe, on YouTube. It was really Um, good. I just watched it last night and I have seen Kate speak many times the passion and the idea of what she's sharing in this is by far the best that she shared up to this point in her talk and just the confidence behind her speak speech and <laughs> just speak 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 yeah it was amazing i was very very impressed with my wife thanks honey you're welcome it was definitely the best talk i've ever given it's definitely in terms of yes i think i did a good job but what i mean more by that is I feel like for the first time in my life, I actually, I'm talking about something that needs to be talked about in a way that it needs to be talked about. Like, and the timing is so apropos and I feel like I'm the right person to do it. Nice. So that leads us into our topic today, which is... Oh, but hold on. That was a major cliffhanger. Oh. Oh, well, I'll talk about the thing. I just want to... We'll talk about it today. But I just... That was a cliffhanger. And Before uh, we get into our topic today, I want to talk about the world's largest baby shower. Not that much in detail about it, but I just think we went to this baby shower, which was much different than what the traditional baby shower has been between my friend Scott and Kate's cousin Rachel. They are They are our first couple first couple that we've introduced. Yeah. That, and they're having, having a, baby, a baby. And they're and they had a, married. the whole town came out for the baby shower. It, it was in awesome. an airplane hanger. It was an airplane hanger and they invited the whole town. It and was pretty cool. Designed it. It was like a Bohemian Moroccan theme and it was gorgeous. I was so inspired. It made me want to have another baby just so that we can have an awesome party like that that's yeah we're definitely throwing a party for our next baby shower yeah and just so for those guys listening that are out there to be like baby showers like this was fantastic i'd have to say it really created a good it was just a community social hangout gathering great food they, they did had not catered. make us watch nope. them open all the presents. Nope. In fact, they requested that we bring the presents opened so that they could simply take a cute photo with us with the present which i thought was it's really true. adorable I mean, when you really go to a baby shower, do you like watching the person open presents? Is it? I don't know. Having done it myself, it was one of the most uncomfortable experiences of my life. And if you're uncomfortable and you're like the biggest extrovert. I enjoyed the baby shower and I was extremely grateful for it. But the part where I was opening presents was really, you know, it's hard. It's like, am I acting excited enough? Am I acting too excited? Like it just, it felt... (laughs) It was really hard to be like authentic with 20 people watching my reaction for each gift. And I was like, am I taking too long? Am I rushing? Am I? Oh my God. It was hard. 
Anywho. Yeah. So baby showers. Okay. So the topic today is how we're both feeling after the election. I have to say, I have never cared this much about an election in my life. Although I will never forget the night that Obama was elected in New York City. It was one of the most magical nights I have ever experienced with people, you know, driving in cabs and high-fiving each other down the sidewalk. And it was like the biggest feeling of celebration and unity. Anywho, so so the election. I'm just, you know, generally speaking, this is not going to be a political podcast, but I think that you can't on this particular one. Maybe I'm wrong, but I'm just like, how can you not talk about it? It's so major. It's, it is huge. And the Cubs winning the World Series really got squashed <laughs> by the Trump presidency in oh. this election. So shout out to my Chicago Cubs. I was able to go to Chicago for game five. It was such a great experience. They had the celebration for a week, and that's basically it. And now, now, now we're turned it all over the election. Oh, and then the small update on the last podcast about my surgery. Oh. The fatty right nipple has been removed. They removed a scallop size, like a large scallop size of breast tissue slash lymphoma from my right nipple. So, yeah, doing well. Doing well. Recovery is going well. Yeah, interesting. Anyway, but yes, the election, it is going to hit home. You know, it's really, we are about, when did Donald Trump get elected? A week ago? It'll be a week ago tomorrow. And so this past two years has seen, past 18 months since him and Clinton really started doing their thing, the amount of hate that has entered the world, the amount of change that has been requested from both parties and just American citizens in itself. For those of you who don't know, Donald Trump was elected president of the United States. I'm pretty sure that's been all over the place. But yeah, it is an election that will go down. We're unsure what's going to happen, but it's been the biggest surprise for the majority of America that Donald Trump could actually win. There was a really interesting article that my mom shared with me, and we'll share it in the show notes, about this election has brought to light so many things that I think we weren't aware of or weren't enough aware of, I'll say for myself. And one of the things is that the media, especially the liberal media, you know, they were predicting like a week out that there was a 91% chance of Hillary Clinton winning. And so this was such a great wake up call that like the media has been irresponsible and smug, Mm -hmm. especially the liberal, you know, left wing media talking to highly educated you know, people in big cities and like just totally had the wool over their eyes and just was like really out of touch with what's going on. And I think that it was a big wake up call to for them to be more journalistically responsible, to be perfectly honest, because (laughs) I mean, I was shocked that Donald Trump won. Like, shocked. And I don't even pay that much attention to the media. Like I never watch the news, but just based on my own little bubble that I hang out in. And that was a really big wake up call for me to realize I was aware that the people that I spend time with mostly, we have similar beliefs. And and I do that, you know, I do that on purpose. But at the same time, for me, 
I mean, there's so many things I've learned in the last week and so many awarenesses. One of the things for me is that given that the media, at least the liberal media, was like completely taken I can't think of the phrase I'm trying to think of, but like completely taken aback by the election results and how much I was and how much many of my friends were. It's not a time, in my opinion, for us against them. It's a time to sit with people who have different viewpoints and listen from your heart and find out what's going on with them. Because what's flying around right now, especially on social media, is so many assumptions. I posted a piece about the way I've been inspired after the election, which is that I have never felt so deeply how important not only my work is, but also the work of the other people who I really have trouble with this phrase, but the quote unquote light workers, you know, people who are about spreading consciousness, about helping people open their hearts and open their minds I've always, I've never really been able to take what I do seriously. And there's something about this post-election environment that's made me realize, oh, it's time. Like, stop screwing around. This is not about how good your message is. This isn't about your branding. This isn't about like whether or not you're saying the most original thing in the most original way. Like we need love. We need light. We need it now. And those are not original concepts. (laughs) And so like, just get out there and be that and talk about that. So anyway, I posted a thing on that on my Facebook page and we can link it in the show notes as well. But I was amazed by one commenter who immediately jumped on and said, for the love of God, can we stop talking about, you know, Trump supporters and bigotry and sexism or whatever? And I was like, wow, that's so interesting because I literally didn't mention the word Trump or bigotry or sexism or any of those things in my post. And it was really interesting how she jumped right on that. And then we continued the discussion because I did not want to be furthering what I see as the problem, which is getting into assumptions and getting into defensiveness. There's a great quote from A Course in Miracles, which is, in my defenselessness, my salvation lies. So in this post-election environment, so many of us have had our shackles up. We've been like, you know, we're like little porcupines. We've got our needles out and we're like, nah, I'm in fight mode. And the only way to create peace and healing is to let our needles lie, to take down our armor and to actually listen to the people who think differently than us and who've had a different experience. So that's one of the things is, and so in the past, to be perfectly honest, I might have ignored the comments on my Facebook page that were, you know, different than what I had thought, or I probably wouldn't have deleted them because unless somebody's being nasty, I never delete them, but I may not have gotten into discussion. But in this case, I was like, you know what? It's really time for me to understand more deeply people who think differently than me and to welcome that conversation. And it was actually, it felt really good to have the conversation with several people who were Trump supporters and find out what was going on with them. And so that's one thing that I want to be more active about is listening to the perspectives of people who think differently than I do and not just assuming that they're wrong because they think differently than I do. One learning from Kate. Now let's have a learning from Mike. That's great. I like that. Learning from Mike. Is that what the title of the podcast is? No, it's, it's a, how we feel post-election. Oh, post-election. So I've done a lot of Facebook Lives about this in the last week, probably four or five, just discussions about the election. 
And I could be wrong on this, Kate. You can correct me because you live with me. But I have never doubted that Donald Trump could win the presidency. No, you never did. And I thought you were crazy, to be perfectly honest. But you've been all along. You've been like, this dude, there's something. You, like you, I don't know that you ever said, like, I think he's going to win. But you never said that he wasn't. Right. Because you would always ask me, you're like, do you think Donald Trump could really win the presidency? And I was like, yes, he could. And and I would be like, nah. You thought I was crazy. It's like the media, if you watch, so I ended up being up till two o'clock in the morning and then Penelope woke up crying and I was like, that's my signal to go to bed at 2 a.m. And she probably realized like, holy crap, like, ah!" and then she was like, you know, what just happened? Right. So I have never doubted the fact that Donald Trump could be the president. And the whole reason, because of my experience in my life, well, first off, I'm always skeptical. So about all sorts of things. And so there's always that fact that comes into play where I see both sides of an equation. I try to at least most of the time. Now, that doesn't always that doesn't always run true, but for the most part I always see like what is the most extreme thing that could possibly happen and then what's the greatest thing that could possibly happen and then try to find midpoint. So I always have a a view on both sides of the situation. But for Donald Trump, the movement he created because Brexit got passed in the UK. So that was gigantic, like for them to leave the European Union. I mean, that was such a monumental thing that here in the United States, because 20% of United States citizens have passports. So a very small portion of this country actually leaves this country to experience other parts of this world. I know from watching what was taking place over there, how huge it was. That was a huge deal that what took place over there. And now the uprising and a lot of it was blamed on immigrants taking jobs from the actual citizens. So the same thing is being talked about right here in the United States. Right. So when I started hearing this being portrayed and the hate like we live in this world, like Kate and I live in this world that is really it's as Kate talked about, like we live in the light worker bubble, I guess you could say to a certain degree. I also know a lot of people don't, right? If the movement of Black Lives Matter, the videotapes of white cops or just cops in general shooting black people in inner cities, we hear about American, this American life talking about where they follow. It's like interviewing black people in certain communities and realize that they just get pulled over. Like it's legitimately getting pulled over and stopped because they're black. They're doing nothing wrong. They're standing on the side of the street. They're riding a bike. Like Kate and I have listened to these reports. And so I... Have, now, I'm a white man in America where it's not something I've ever, and I, at this moment, will never be concerned about my rights, my freedom, the choices, what I'm able to do. So understanding that aspect where the majority of the United States has been, from a race demographic, has been white, right? And now that's changing. And when change takes place, people get scared. I know it just even from our network marketing business. Like, let's just start there. That's so simple. When people start a business in USANA, they're freaked out. They're scared. They're like, what do I do? How do I run? It's different than going to a job like because you're personally responsible for the actions that are the results that take place in your business. So it's the same thing within this country, the amount of change that's taking place, the amount of manufacturing that's left. Like I worked at a facility in North Carolina for Philip Morris and my employee who cleaned, she cleaned the floors. She emptied the trash cans. One day I started talking to her. I was like, hey, when did you start working here? And then she went on, she's like 10 years ago or something. I forget the exact term, but I remember she said, I worked at a textile manufacturing and she had to be in her 50s or 60s. She said, I worked at a textile plant here for 32 years. And then one day a company bought it out, shut it down very quickly. 
and I was jobless and they took all of the money from the employee's pension fund and left me with $32 a month. And this is back when companies were giving people pensions. 32 bucks a month is what I was left with. So I had to find another job. And that's what she ended up. She's like janitor at, or was, I don't know where she is now because that facility shut down, but at Phil Morris. And to me, it just gave me a perspective because when you get into the manufacturing world of this country, because when Henry Ford started the assembly line and started producing cars, it gave a complete, and then after World War II, and how all of a sudden we became the powerhouses of producing things in this country. And then the global inequality and wealth that's taking place where the top 10% have started making tremendously more money than the rest of the country because they don't even produce anything. All it is is gains from stocks. There's no actual production taking place. It's from an investment standpoint. You really look at what's taken, what's happened. And then with Hillary has been a lifelong politician. And that was Donald Trump's biggest running platform was like, I think he said like kill the swamp or drain the swamp. That was the thing. Whereas drain the Washington elite, drain the way political has been run. And I a hundred percent agree with him on that because we've gotten to this world where even but like both sides are to blame in this situation. Republicans and Democrats, that's what we're gonna talk about. You know, that's what I'm talking about here. Because Republicans shut down anything with Obama the last four years of Obama's presidency. There was no working together to make the country better. It wasn't. Like Republicans would just shut everything down no matter what was presented. So it creates this diversion in our political system. And if you think of leadership from the top down leadership, our CEO, right? I follow Gary Vaynerchuk a lot. The CEO of the organization depicts the direction the company's going to go based off their leadership. So if the leadership of this country is diverse, that includes Senate, House, Republicans, all those people, and all they do is talk about hate on the other side, like this had a huge opening for somebody to come in just like Donald Trump did and then Talk about the way most Americans are feeling, and that's what happened. And I think even to this day, like when you look at him on TV, so it's been about a week, and I've watched like him meeting Obama. Like his face, honestly, I think he's surprised, and I also think it's like an oh shit moment, and it's like holy crap! Like I said these things, and now what is really going to happen? Like what am I really going to do? And I mean. Post-election, like I went through all the like the five stages of grief, right? That they talk about. I don't know. I'm off. I've read them. I don't. It is like it's. I was we definitely. Stunned. There's been anger. Yes. There's been sadness. There's been disbelief. There's mm-hmm. been denial. I don't know what all the stages are, but some of those it's are true. Been it's them. all happen, happening. And I watched this happen at one thirty in the morning, two o'clock in the morning on the state of the election day. Like the news anchors were like, "This is really taking place," you know, and everybody got it wrong. And people are like, how did this happen? It's like, have you paid attention to anything? Well, the way it happened, I mean, ultimately, I listened to a video that Mike shared from Russell Brandt, The the Truce. Mm-hmm. We'll link it's that phenomenal. up. Phenomenal explanation, which is basically that people in America have been fed up. They feel like they've not been heard. They feel like the government does not care about them. And here comes this reality TV star who says, let's make America great again. And they feel America has not cared about them in a long time because they're struggling to put food on the table. They're struggling. And so they voted for him. Mm -hmm. And they wanted somebody who they thought they could trust. Now, 
I do not think, whatever, I won't even get into it. I mean, I think that he's a buffoon. However, it's a clear, clear signal that people wanted something different. And I'm very sad we don't have our first woman in the White House mm-hmm. from a feminist very perspective. Yep. However, what I do know is that I read a great piece last night. I think it was last night. I've been reading so many things that it's hard to remember what exactly it was, but about the fact that the feminine... So to me, this election, yes, it had to do with our government and the economy and whatever, but on a much deeper level, it has to do with the values of the feminine rising and that it's time to operate in a new way that we have not been operating in. And so what I mean by that is... is and because that, Kate said feminine, it doesn't necessarily... You're not talking about... It doesn't necessarily mean women. So Men and women. You're talking about something much different. Right. So there's masculine energy, which is linear. It's structure. It's solar. It's the daytime. It's production focused. It's the sort of the structures that keep us together. And then feminine energy is more chaotic. It's the darkness. It's the unknown. It's nurturing. It's caring. It's about creating union and relationship. And so if you like an easy way to think about it is that the masculine energy is the rocks and feminine energy is the waves. So that's kind of the easiest way. And masculine's the rocks, feminine's the waves. We both men and women and those who identify as neither we all have the feminine and masculine energies running in our bodies. And for the past 5,000 years, we have dishonored the feminine energy and only, and yes, as a result, we've dishonored women, but I'm not talking about that particularly. Yes, this was clearly an election that brought to issue feminism and things about men and women, but I'm also talking about feminine and masculine energy and the way it runs in women's bodies and in men's bodies. And that it's about finding the marriage of the two in all of us, not saying women over men or men over women. So anyway, all of this to say, something's got to change. Something's got to give in our country and in the world with the fighting, with the hatred, with the disconnection, with the separation and with the fear. And so what the feminine does, if, if you know anything about the goddess Kali, is she comes in and she rips things out and she burns things to the ground so that they can be rebuilt from scratch and from a more fertile place, right? We burn the fields when we need them to lay fallow and that the burning actually creates more fertility in the ground so that things can grow later. So to me, this upset you know, people might get angry hearing me say this, but like, it's all in divine order of things needing to have a massive breakdown and a massive shakeup in order for us to wake up, basically. Because many of us, myself included, had this not happened, we would have remained complacent. Just like, oh, I'll just do my own thing over here and write a little blog post. It would have been a celebration of a woman becoming president. Yes, which would have been amazing. And I'm ready for that, but it's not what happened. Right. And apparently it wasn't going to be that woman. And, you know, I think Hillary is an amazing, amazing woman. And I really honor her. And our country apparently is ready for something, like needed something different than that in order for us to wake up and understand that we need to be a different way in order to have 
the kind of world that we want to have. We agree. That was great. Well said. Thanks. And I haven't fully like, I would say my ideas on this have not fully gelled. So, so you're hearing this fresh off the press. I apologize for the lack of, it's not very concise. It's a rough draft format. It's a rough draft. But overall, I mean, based off what I said earlier and then kind of what just Kate said, we just watched the 60 minute interview with him, with Donald and the family last night. I mean, from my skeptical side of myself, like I watch that and I feel trust, like I feel fate or hope, I guess is the good way to put it. Like I feel hope that he's going to make the right decisions, especially since he said he's not going to change anything with LGBT community and I know, as marriage. he said, he was like, he was like, well, you know, she straight up asked, do you support gay marriage? And he was like, that's already been done in the Supreme Court. Right. So, and he said, it's all right with me. And I was like, okay, that was not really a yes. Right. And so this is why, like he says, but so there's a side where he has said so many things and then flip flop back and forth in his own campaign and just blatantly lied about stuff. So there's also the, like in the media, et cetera, where it gives me where I'm, I'm hopeful, right? He's the president of running this country. So I definitely have a little bit of hope he's going to make positive decisions, but then just who you surround yourself with. And that's the part that he's surrounding himself with, with his cabinet and et cetera, that is a little, his transition team, that's a little scary for me, at least. So to leave like where I'm at like a week later, I am never going to, well, I shouldn't say never, excuse me, but during this process, my role is to really continually speak out for what I believe in. And because I'm not going to sit aside and say that Donald Trump is going to fix the world's problems and fix the problems in the United States. And if he comes I in... I really don't think he will. He's not going to. Like, it's not his role or job to do that. That's us as a citizens of this country. So, for instance, like, I take the CEO role of an organization, right? Let's just use Philip Morris because that's what I was familiar with. The CEO role was not to run i should really start using different examples because i'm like going to talk you about really cigarettes. should stop I talking mean, about my, philip morris it's my past like history. pretend you worked for a different company okay. so let's talk about like if you want to talk about the axis of evil like well, yeah. they're right at the top that of is it. correct so I let's agree. so let's talk about what should we talk about then let's talk about yoga mats right so or lululemon kate's wearing their clothes right now let's talk lululemon well founder of that company said some stupid stuff so let's back it let's let's <laughs> anyway the let's just go with lululemon for example the ceo of lululemon's responsibility is not to run a piece of manufacturing to make yoga pants right that's not his job his job is to make sure all departments marketing accounting finance department the manufacturing, the quality and insurance, the materials of the manufacturing clothing, the ideas, you know, new idea department, all of the different departments that are working at Lululemon. And his role is to make sure to be the voice to make sure they're all kind of working together to bring. So they bring all their ideas to him. And his role is to guide the organization to one way, like whatever his vision is. But it's also the board because they're a public trade company of the stockholders, shareholders, etc. And even within organizations and companies, we've become like talk about the economy of the United States. Like we have become so fascinated with making sure our quarterly numbers are correct. And we've got rid of the long term thinking. We're thinking much more short term, which is what's taken place this country in the last you know couple of decades since I've really been paying attention. So what Donald Trump's role is for the president is to hopefully guide 
the Senate and the House of Representatives. So it's to guide us in making the correct decisions that will hopefully better this country and the world for years and decades to come. So that's the hope that I have for him to make those decisions. But then there's the other side. It's like who's being put in place to help these decisions. Now, to me, if Clinton would have won presidency, not a whole lot would actually change because she's been in Washington for so long. She's really friends with a lot of individuals. But I hope with Trump, he's going to, he said last night, like his first role is to focus on the United States. So it's to take care of this country first before we start like helping the rest of the world. Like, so I don't know. It's, it's I'm really, still nobody like knows. a weekend. Nobody really knows what's going to take And place. we also don't know, to be perfectly honest, we don't really know what's going to happen for at least because right now it's November and then he doesn't get inaugurated until end of January and then he's got his first hundred days, right? Right. So we don't really know what's going to be happening until like March. Right. So my recommendation, I am not a politician. I am not an expert in this. I am probably one of the like historically speaking, I have not been well informed in terms of public issues. So I'm just going to call myself out yeah. there. But I think that sometimes there's a beauty in somebody coming into the conversation who's been previously not in the conversation because, and I'm not necessarily saying this is true of Donald Trump, but there's an element of like, okay, my perspective is fresh because I have not been entrenched in the political sort of like thing for years and years right. and years. Like I just haven't paid that much attention. No, it is good. I've always some. voted. So I've paid attention enough, but not. So anyway, my recommendation is between let's say now and March. Yes. Do we need to protect our children? Do we need to protect the people who are voiceless and who, where people have been talking about and are actually acting on hate crimes and deportation and hatred and racism. Yes, we need to stand up and tell the people who have been oppressed and tell the people who have not typically had a voice that we believe in them, that we stand for them and do what we can within our own communities. That means if you see something happening, stand up and say something. You know, if you see something, say something. I read on Pantsuit Nation, a woman who in her own hometown in Minnesota, who she's lived there since she was, she was born there, Somebody at a gas station, she's a Muslim woman. She was born there in Minnesota. Somebody at a gas station told her to go back from where she came from. And nobody, like some guys, you know, chuckled. Some other people pretended not to hear. Nobody said anything. So in those moments, it's all our job as citizens to say something and to stand in love for the person who is not being supported because all it takes is one person to stand with them to say, hey, I'm with you. And this is wrong. So that's so important. And also the other thing that's important is to see how between now and when we actually know what's going to be happening with this pregnancy. Oh my gosh. Presidency. We are not pregnant. Or I guess I shouldn't say we. Kate is I'm not definitely pregnant. not pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry for that little foible. This presidency that if we can find it within ourselves to find that shred of hope. And also to find that place in our hearts where we can find connection and love between us and the people who believe other things. Now, I'm not talking about the people who believe other things where it's going to be like where it's straight out hatred and bigotry. But I mean, 
the other people in our community who might have a different perspective and to find out what's going on with them so that we don't spend the next four years completely with our needles up and like on the defense. Because if we do that, what that creates is more conflict. What that creates is more fighting. And yes, I do believe we need to stand for what we believe in. But this whole thing that we always talk about, I'm going to fight for love. I'm going to fight for this. I'm going to fight for that. I understand. And certainly as a mom, you know, that mama bear energy and where we need to go to protect for sure. When there's an imminent threat, we must protect and we must fight. But if we spend all of our days in fight, what we get is fight. And you can't actually create peace through fighting. So I would ask myself and just everyone to choose the words that we choose wisely, because if what we ultimately want is peace and unity, we can't always be fighting and we can't always be against something. We need to be for something and we need to be in peace. If there's not an imminent threat, of course, to the people we love and to our brothers and sisters. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Right. You can't go up in at this moment. It's like understanding. So, you know, I had family members, not, well, people in my family that have actually said this, that voted for Trump, right? So first off, the initial instinct is to be like, what, you crazy? Like, you know, it's the initial instinct to react. Like, are you insane? You're just basically jumping on the bandwagon of bigotry and hate and you know, that's what you're promoting and all this stuff. But to instead of just jumping on them for that would be understanding a different perspective. Like, why did they vote for Trump? What's the reasoning behind all of that? Now, because they did vote for Trump, they are not necessarily viewing that way, but they are supporting his message, right? But I want to be very clear to understand what is the other perspective, the other side, why they decided to make that decision. Now, that's much different than trying to convince the KKK to change their mind, right? It's for you to speak your message of what you believe in and who you are. I mean, that's the way I'm going to continually operate my life. So it's about me standing up for not only the betterment of myself, but the betterment of my wife, the betterment of my daughter, the betterment of my family, the betterment of our city, the betterment of our culture, our country, because we're never going to, there will never be an election that's 100%. Let's take this past election. 100% of people are not going to vote for Hillary Clinton. Like it's just, it's not going to happen, right? So when you make decisions in your life or you're promoting things, not everyone is going to agree with you at all times, which is great because that's the beautiful part of being in the United States. There's other countries where there's dictatorships and you have to be agreeing with them or you're shot, right? So you either like you agree with me or you're dead. You know, that's like a great example of what North Korea is very much in the middle of right now. So you think of... I'm going to continue because of this country allows for freedom is to continue to stick up for freedom, the freedom to choose my voice, to speak my opinions, to speak my mind and to really take in all sides of the conversation. So I just don't hang out with all like yoga teachers and then just, Oh, you know, the world is such a beautiful place. It's like, no, if I go to rural America, it's much different there than let's say, or if I go like downtown Detroit, where the auto industry's left over the last decade, or Flint, Michigan, where the government didn't do anything to save their water. You know, like, you, those are much different locations than hanging out with a group of yoga teachers at, like, the Wonderless Festival that Kate just spoke at, right? But we need to make sure that we get 
little bit understand both sides, but also continually move forward as a country where we don't want to go backwards. And I think for myself, like I'm just going to continually spread the message that I believe in. And I think that's what's happening with these protests around the country. Like it's not like thousands and thousands of people are gathering to really continually. And it's been going on for like protests have been happening for a long time. But just as soon as the president Trump was elected, like people are standing up and speaking their mind. It's great to see that. Exactly. I mean, I don't really have anything else to say other than I do want to say that I'm hopeful and that I do believe that this is in divine order and that we are being shaken up so that we can pay more attention and that the shakeup was needed so that we would open our eyes to ways that we're being and ways that we're thinking that are not helping ourselves and are not helping our fellow human. And I really loved what Gary Vaynerchuk said about that he's for team human and that ultimately like it's each of our individual responsibilities to keep living the way we want to live to, you know, be the change because there's no one person, whether it was going to be Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton or someone else who's going to fix it for us. And that's like the age old rescue addiction that, there's someone out there who's going to fix this in here for me. And there's never going to be. There's never going to be the perfect politician. There's never going to be somebody who's going to fix it. We have to be that responsibility for ourselves in our own lives and then also be for team human, which I really love. Team human. Yeah. Yeah, I could talk about this forever. You have more like, to say? Well, not, probably not relevant to what this you know, conversation. But we'll link up to your Facebook lives. The biggest thing I could say is like really start having discussions with people that are different than you. And it's scary, right? Those people or people in general, I don't want to, I sound like I'm segmenting those people, right? But like people that voted for Trump, like I voted for Hillary. I've been very public about why I voted for Hillary. The one word is empathy, understanding to both sides. The one thing that makes me nervous about Trump in the video last night on the 60 Minutes that said like, I won. I'm in this to win. Like we're going to win. The United States is going to win. And it's just like, that will lead to very, very, very bad decisions. If the only objective, that's why performance enhancing drugs have been used in sports because all it is, it's so driven to win. That's why Lance Armstrong cheated for years and years and years, right? And he lied about it and lied about it and lied about it. So it will lead us to a very dark place and it's not going to be beneficial for anyone if the whole goal is to just win, right? So it's to get you to this place. But I think because Trump's thought process for so long for so many was to win the election was just because he's a businessman. He wants to win. He wants to do whatever he does. Right. But it's, I think now the reality of what's going on when the woman brought up about like, there's protests going on about you hating and all of this stuff. And he looked at the camera and said, stop it. You know, it was just like, it's almost like he's not paying attention to what reality is. And so when it comes to this, understanding someone else's point of view where it is to good have conversations. And that's one thing that's been interesting with the Facebook lives is to get people's different perspectives where as Kate talked about is to sit down with people and just to really take in the other side, because we've really been like living in our bubbles or living in our boxes. We follow the same news media. We follow the same people on social media. Then we go from like the news. Let's just take the news, right? I followed Wolf Blitzer 
or John King. Let's so I don't mispronounce Wolf and Kate. The word me. is wolf, wolf for those of you wolf. listening. He is not making the sound so of a dog if barking. I John King on CNN and I follow him on TV and then I follow him on Facebook and then I follow him on Twitter and then I follow him on Instagram. Literally, I'm seeing the same message across four or five different platforms. But if I follow Bill O'Reilly on Facebook and I watch John King on CNN, Bill O'Reilly's from Fox News. So you get different perspectives right there. So I think what I'm going to do moving into the future, too, is to make sure that I continue to surround, which I do a pretty good job of this anyway, but just to make sure that I'm getting two different points of view and then I can allow that to influence my own decisions or my own choices. And I think from... No, I'm not going to let's overtake my life because that would be crazy. It's to really realize we're not all we're not right all the time. Yes. You know, that like, is so huge. It's not we are not right all the time. And someone else is not wrong all the time. Correct. And we can't make that other person wrong cuz as I said like folks that voted for Trump are scared for certain reasons. The folks that voted for Hillary are scared for certain reasons. And we're all scared of some one way or another and the reasons like why Mm-hmm. Right. So why are you afraid? Why are you scared? And I think those it's been this culture from a man perspective, from I'll talk specifically gender right now, like from a male perspective to realize showing emotions or empathy or vulnerability or crying, you know, is wrong. Like, so you're weak when you show emotions, you're weak when you you're being vulnerable, you're weak. And it comes from the male community. It comes from females in our lives that project this upon us too and i'm not like it's just understanding the other side of the coin where if i'm vulnerable with kate how does that make her feel if she's vulnerable with me how does that make me feel but i think that's really well like donald trump's really run a platform from that of never show empathy towards anything and that's the way i'm going to win which he did and it worked but as a president you have to show empathy to make very good decisions, to be a good president, to better the society. So that's what I got left. What do you guys think? I'm curious where our listeners are at. You know, their thoughts from it. Yeah. Where should they leave those thoughts? KateNorthup.com forward slash podcast. You can leave it there or tweet or Facebook to us, you Mm -hmm. know, whatever, or Instagram, you know. Twitter is a good conversation yeah, platform. At, at Kate Northrup and at Mike J. Watts. We yeah. are curious what you think because just how like you we feeling? said, yep. how are you feeling? If you have a different perspective than we do, we'd love to know about it because we're about opening up conversation, not being right. So thanks for listening today. Please, if you liked this, please give us a review and also subscribe. And we'll be back with you. Next week, probably talking about something totally different. Most likely. (laughs) Bye, guys. Ever feel like you're constantly doing things but aren't able to carve out the time or energy for the things that really matter to you? Mike and I want to share our top five tools for making a life, not just a living. To learn what they are, go to katenorthrop.com forward slash tools. See you on the next episode.